another episode of the Gentleman's Brotherhood. My name is Juan Sepulveda, and I thank you for taking a few minutes to spend some time with us having conversations about what it means to be a man in the 21st century. Today, I have the pleasure of being here with a, an old friend and brother, Angel Millar. He is the author of the book, The Path of the Warrior Mystic, Being a Man in an Age of Chaos. A very appropriate time for us to have these kinds of conversations and angel thank you so much for spending some time with me and the the brothers here in the gentleman's brotherhood to to learn a little bit more about being the warrior mystic oh, thank you very much it's good to be speaking with you it's been a while we've had yeah uh, we've participated in live events together we've mm -hmm. been together in other podcasts and typically the conversation revolves around our mutual fraternal orders that we that we belong to mm -hmm. but this is another intersection in in our passions this is another mm -hmm. area in which we we have an affinity yeah. and it's the importance of developing the man into his higher self so right. uh to, it's not a stretch for for me to to assume that your formation within the different fraternal orders had something to do with the development of this book. Can you elaborate on the connection between those two? Yeah, sure. Well, my previous book, the one before this was uh, the three stages of initiatic spirituality, craftsman, warrior, magician. So it's more evident there, uh, the craft of Freemasonry uh, coming out of the sort of medieval uh, stonemasons guild, you find, uh, uh, similar societies uh, around the world, of course, at least in pre-modern times. So that was an influence on, on that book very definitely, especially in the craftsman section where I look at Freemasonry, alchemy, um, Sufism, uh, Islamic, Neoplatonism, Kabbalah, etc. Um, so in this one, in, in, in regard to the, uh, the path of the warrior mystic, uh, it, it was definitely an influence in my experience in Freemasonry, certainly. And um, one of the reasons why I uh, wanted to uh, write this book was uh, traveling around the U.S. very often to give talks to uh, Masonic uh, lodges and uh, and uh, Masonic uh, bodies. Um, you know, I've, uh, talking to uh, the, the members afterwards, it really struck me that it's very rare for me to come across a man who feels that, uh, you know, he had a good um, guidance into manhood as, as a young man, you know, by his father. Uh, I think, you know, overwhelmingly from what I've seen, uh, uh, most fathers were sort of absentee, divorced, or just out of the picture entirely, or an alcoholic, or always in the office, or just emotionally absent, and with, with no sense of being able to kind of convey any kind of initiation into manhood and and from what i have seen um you know many many men i, I think quite honestly probably the vast majority of men feel that they have had to make their own way to become men and that there's been no path for them and no guidance for them um not even any kind of real um example to follow and i think that that's you know, very difficult. And I think in our day and age when uh, men are blamed for every social ill and every everything that goes wrong on the planet, uh, uh, the, it's even more difficult to be, you know, entering into manhood in a time when there's only criticisms. Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's a very, very important point, especially when you have the combination of men who haven't had a very good modeling yeah, uh, and also then are faced with a society that is chastising them yeah, for right. whatever misgivings they they have. Mm -hmm. Now, in 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 looking at the the warrior culture, which uh, mm -hmm. you make a, a lot of references to um, to ancient warriors, and you go all the way to through history talking about the the influence that the warrior would have in 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 the man the the biggest contrast is that in in antiquity you would have a good majority of the men of age they would be involved at the very least in ancillary uh 
things related to the warrior. Whereas today we live in such an isolated society where I can just be behind a computer inside of a room for my yeah. entire life. Right. Uh, can you, especially in, in your investigation for the book, have you found anything that can help us get a glimpse or at least some sort of connection to that long lost um, camaraderie or, or guidance that came with the warrior culture yeah yeah well it's certainly difficult in this day and age but there are a different approaches to getting some kind of guidance or some kind of initiation into manhood um you know as you may have guessed from the subtitle of my previous book you know i, I look at uh, where i looked at the craftsman warrior magician which you could very uh, simplistically relate to mind body and spirit of course although i, I uh, looked at those because these are the sort of most ancient or you might say archetypal vocations that, that men would go through in tribal societies uh, throughout the course of their life. But, um, you know, certainly one way looking at the, the warrior would be to join a martial arts school. Um, uh, many will teach not only uh, physical discipline and, and fighting and self-defense, but will teach, some, some will teach uh, meditation, and uh, many have a kind of tenet or code of conduct as well, uh, which can be quite uh, spiritual in nature. Uh, when I was practicing Nam Pai Chuan, Shaolin Kung Fu in England, for example, uh, they, had, they had tenets, uh, one of which was uh, life is death, death is life. So, uh, you know, it can get quite, um, kind of quite metaphysical, certainly. Um, another way certainly is to join some kind of um, initiating brotherhood uh, freemasonry would be the, the best known and uh, certainly the one with the longest history uh in the world today um and of course uh taking up some kind of skill or some kind of craft as well and uh, you know i think all three are important actually so i do remember growing up um i i did have some brief stint with martial arts i practice american kempo I practice a little bit of Jeet Kune Do. And mm -hmm. of course, as a young man in, in, in that moment where uh, all, all my body is asking is for, uh, for you know, physical activity and adventure and all that kind of stuff, it, my approach was one-sided. It was just mm -hmm. for that physical exertion, for that combat, yeah. for the challenge. Mm -hmm. But to, to my surprise, and, and I'm fortunate that I was able to obtain some of that, the discipline, the character building, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the self-awareness, like most mm -hmm. of the times we don't necessarily associate martial arts or uh, sports uh, in, in that sense, or, or even team sports, we don't necessarily associate them with building that man's self-assurance and self-worth. Mm -hmm. But even today, some of that is is missing for for the for the young men. So I, I I appreciate the the recommendation to joining some some sort of of group like that that helps people. Yeah, well, discipline is certainly essential for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The another thing that that I was when I was uh, going through the book, there is one of these moments that is. Uh, in the tale of Sir Gawain, am I pronouncing right. that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the Green Knight, where mm -hmm. there's a there's a very impactful uh, challenge that is that is brought on, and I don't want to go into all the details of the story because I would like for people to to actually get the book in and go through it, but but you have this this challenge. You have mm -hmm. someone who comes in to what otherwise is a very cohesive group of people. And here right. comes an outside force and presents mm -hmm. a challenge. There yeah. are so many little intricacies there of how does a man face that challenge? How can mm -hmm. he subdue some of his impulse to actually just be rash and and give in to the challenge uh, without, you know, giving too much about the the story. What could you, mm -hmm. you you tell us about that that approach? 
Sure. Well, without giving too much of the story away, um, so Sir Gwen is um, uh, faces a particular challenge where uh, the end result is he has to go to the Green Chapel in a year's time and uh, face the Green Knight, where he is. At least he would believe that he is certain to be beheaded. So, in other words, uh, he he is now in a situation where he will die a, a year from now. And, uh, and then of course, uh, the green knight leaves and lets him find the green chapel on his, uh, on his own. And he doesn't have a map or anything. And uh, no one knows where the green chapel is. So he has to go out into the wilderness where there's only wild animals and bandits and, uh, and look for the green chapel. And of course, uh, the question that we might ask today is, well, why didn't he just go in the other direction or run away or whatever it was, or get lost in the wilderness? Why, why would you want to search for the, this place where you're going to be beheaded? And, um, you know, this brings us back to uh, uh, an idea that we're very familiar with, and that is one's word, right? He, he said that he would do it. So he's going to do it, even if it means death. And, um, you know, this is something that we don't really um, appreciate today sufficiently, or many people don't, you know, your word is uh, everything. And it's not, it's not just that you make a promise to someone else. It's also that you know that you stand by your word so that, so that when it comes to your own self-discipline, um, you, you do what you promise yourself. And if you may have noticed, I'm sure we're, we're both at an age where we probably occasionally come across people that we knew 20 or 30 years ago. And, and you undoubtedly have seen the people that always broke their word and broke their promises are usually kind of stuck in life mm. and they've not really gone anywhere. And how can you? Because you need to be someone who stands by what you say mm -hmm. uh, not just because um, that helps you get on in life because people can trust you and uh, they regard you as trustworthy and someone who's solid that they can rely on but also because when you say i'm going to get up at five in the morning tomorrow and do that task that i need to do you will be up at five in the morning because you already you've trained yourself to do what you say so, you know, that's, that's essential. And I think that that is a way into many things. Uh, that's, that's definitely a challenging thing. And I've had many conversations with, with members of the Gentleman's Brotherhood in which we discuss that very discipline of just keeping your word, not just to other people, but to yourself. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is hard. And, yeah. and you talk about the, that discipline, it comes through that training. What would you say is an effective way for you to train yourself to keep your word to your own self? Yeah, well, really, it's like anything else that you practice. It just gets easier over time. So you have to kind of practice doing it. And, um, you know, um, really... I mean, you can you can do practical things such as writing a list of all the things you need to do uh, and going through it and make sure you've done everything. Um, what I typically find, of course, is that you, you think you can do more in a day than you actually can. But um, so you kind of sometimes you have to let yourself off a little bit if you don't get all 10 things that you promised done. But but you should know that, yes, you used every minute you could to get those things done and the other three things or whatever will get done tomorrow. Um, you know, and things do come up as well. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's really just a case of uh, just pr practicing doing what you say you're going to do with yourself and with other people, of course, and, and not I letting like yourself off the hook. That's, that's good. Well, that's, that's very important. Not letting yourself off the hook because yeah. it, it doesn't always come coupled with the desire. And, and for me, no. for me, that's, it's very, very vivid that I don't always want to work on a task that I know I have to do. And yeah. having that expectation that the desire is met with the timeliness of the execution, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's not, it's not realistic. It's very no. rare that it coincides. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, another thing you can do, of course, is to just promise yourself that you're going to do five minutes of something, because once you've once you've made a start and you've got got through five minutes, the chances are you're going to keep doing it for thirty minutes or an hour or whatever it is. It's always the starting that's the most difficult thing. So that's that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also, you know, I meet you know people periodically who you know tell me things like. Well, I haven't been to the gym in five years because I don't have two hours to go to the gym, have really good workout sessions. It can take me an hour to get there and back. That's three hours out of my day. And it's like, well, why don't you do 10 minutes then? That's better than zero. Okay, it's not great, but you'll be much better off. You know, at least that's over an hour in the course of a week. You, you have 10 minutes, right? But people make these big promises partly so that they have an excuse not to do anything. So if you make small promises, I'm only going to do five minutes, you'll do 30 minutes or an hour or two hours because then you won't want to stop. That, no, that's good practical advice. It, it's never because you never feel like it. Don't wait to feel like oh, yeah, doing no, it. Sure, no. Just make the commitment when this yeah. time it's either time or a moment when I get yeah. home, I do this or mm -hmm. as soon as I wake up or at this yeah. specific time. But like you said, just getting started is, is it's like a flywheel. It's just getting that first turn of the flywheel and then just it's momentum and the, uh, and the energy that you've built into it. It's already helping you move and propel yeah. forward. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Now, this also makes me think of the aspect of just giving in fully. So let's say, for example, your commitment is, oh, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. by 10 a.m. And let's say 9.50 comes around and you're still halfway through task number or task mm -hmm. X. One tendency that we have that we can fall prey to is that, oh, you know what? Forget it. Today is just not going to be a good day. I'm not going to get anything done. And then the remainder of the day becomes a just this chaotic, okay, whatever happens, happens. Um, and and it'll ha it also happens with something else that I wanted to talk to you about, and it's the, the quality of your food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mess up in your breakfast because you went to meet with some friends and you had an extra French toast or something. It's all right. Hear my uh, cat. It's all right. I got one here too. So, um, but you mess up on the first couple of steps, and the tendency is to well, today is one of those days that I'm just gonna chuck to. Okay, I, I didn't do a good job. Yeah. But that's another opportunity for you to say, no, no, just because this first step or these first few increments were wasteful doesn't mean that yeah. the rest of my day has to be dictated by that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, and then another thing you can do is, you know, meditate for five minutes before you're even out of bed. And, you know, and then the very first thing you've done is is a success mm -hmm. and um you, you kind of set yourself up for success like that and usually you know very early in the morning i write and meditate and i usually write first but um you know if i'm and then i will meditate but if i'm you know, feel like i'm stuck or something i might meditate earlier uh, because then i feel like well at least you know i'm not sitting here wasting time i'm doing what i'm going to do anyway and then i can get back to the writing after that so yeah how how regimented are you with that morning routine? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty regimented. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we, we're yeah. going to have to talk uh, offline <laughs> so that you can give me some, some pointers sure, on sure. that. Um, the, I, I have a few that I have started and, and, and dropped. Right now, I'm in a moment. I'll be obviously very open with you. I'm in a moment where there is... I'm in the chaos uh, valley of mm -hmm. my ebb and flow of order and chaos uh, for many reasons. There's a lot of happening in my yeah. personal life and in my business, but the, the best that I have done is a very structured uh, morning that includes reading, 
writing, mm-hmm. meditating, some sort mm-hmm. of physical exor- uh, exercise yeah. and getting that done early. It just sets you up for success for the rest of yeah, the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let's face it. We're all intrigued by the mysterious symbols of secret societies, fraternal orders, and mystery schools. Over the ages, these discreet organizations have shared their secrets with only a select few. Today, you have an exclusive opportunity to join a modern secret society and become a guardian of the secrets. Secret Society's NFT is a limited edition collection of unique NFTs that serve as your key to gaining access to a modern secret society. By owning one of these NFTs, you become a founding ambassador and gain access to special events, a community treasury, and additional utilities. To unlock the secrets, visit Secret Society's NFT. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself a commitment that tomorrow morning I'm going to start that. I'm going to hold myself accountable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So continuing to talk about the, the necessary work, some of these things Mm -hmm. are coming from the the chapter in the book called the necessary work. These are things that have to be prioritized, things that have to be uh, given a level of importance because of the consequence and the impact they have on the rest of other areas of your life is significant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- there's a portion here where you said, just as food affects the way we feel physically, so too the ideas affect our mental stability, our emotional well-being, and our spirit or attitude. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about that because sure. it's something that I have been talking to to my kids uh recently about and Mm. it's it's that whole my thoughts my my words sometimes that Mm self-talk that we tend to do yeah could you give us could you give us a little bit of insight into what the 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 warrior mystic um Mm -hmm. should emulate in order to take control of some of those uh, thoughts and, and, and words that have an effect in their lives. Sure. Sure. Well, I think, uh, you know, there, there are a few different things that are important. And one is uh, hope. Uh, you may notice that different religions from Islam, Buddhism, Christianity, um, all emphasize hope or being grateful or not thinking negative thoughts. So Islam talks about the importance of gratitude. Uh, Christianity, of course, hope is one of the three cardinal virtues. And uh, the first line of the Dharmapada is about, you know, thinking, not being, not accusing other people of, you know, being against you and attacking you, but of taking responsibility and um, uh, taking responsibility for your thoughts and actions and understanding that it's your thoughts that take you where you want to go or where you're going to go. Um, so certainly, you know, hope, gratitude for what you have. And, you know, we all go through uh, traumatic times and difficult times, but you still have to um, be grateful for what there is. Otherwise, you would go crazy. And, you know, the, this you know, modern idea of uh, positive thinking, it's, you know, now associated with, uh, you know, uh, sort of very feminine spirituality where I pray to the universe and it's all kind of pink and it's, you know, lovely and it's going to deliver whatever I want. But, you know, the, the positive thinking wasn't always like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people get something out of that. But the reason to do it is because life is hard, actually, and you need every every advantage or every weapon at your disposal that you can get. And, um, you know, so, so uh, thinking about the future, understanding where you want to go, being able to visualize that, knowing what you're going to get out of it, um, moving towards a goal, uh, all of these are very uh, helpful. And, and certainly if you look at um, uh, world-class athletes, whether it's Muhammad Ali or uh, Mike Tyson or Tiger Woods or whatever have you, uh, they've all used hypnosis and, uh, you know, to 
to give them a vision of where they're going or help them to see to that vision. And, uh, you know, Mike Tyson, probably the most controversial is perhaps the most interesting as well, because, you know, he was uh, reading Nietzsche when he was 15, uh, studying Zen Buddhism at the same time, reading uh, the authors of positive thinking and uh, being hypnotized as well and doing meditation. And, um, you know, that it wasn't just all, you know, brute strength and, and hours and hours of training. It was also this honing the mind to know where you want to go and to be able to be disciplined every, every day and night because he was up practicing at two in the morning as well after practicing all day. So, uh, you know, to, to have a goal, to know where you're going, uh, to be grateful and to have hope, uh, you know, these are all important, especially in dark times or in difficult circumstances. You know, we want these things not, not because they're lovely and light, but because life is hard mm-hmm. and you need these things to get through these times. Yeah, it, it can be that respite from what seems to be a relentless beating. And yeah, we've seen, especially with what we've gone through over the past couple of years with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, yeah. the for many people, it, it really felt not just as a health attack. It, it was there was an affront in in all realms, in the realms of of mental health, in the in the realms yeah. of of political mm-hmm. the pol- political arena, and yeah. having somewhere to go. In 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 this case, like what what better place to go than into your own mind? taking mm-hmm. some time by yourself, yeah. some quiet. Um, I, I love the, the your suggestion about gratitude, just being aware of in the midst of all these ne- negative things. Yeah. What can I be grateful for? Yeah. And, you know, it's not, and of course, that's a definitely a huge part of it. And, you know, there are gratitude practices where you sit down and close your eyes and meditate on what you're grateful for or have to be grateful for, even if it's just your health or the day. But, um, you know, we will come across people that are very ungrateful in their lives and treat other people with real, a real lack of gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, and very can be very mean to people, you know, and um, it's important not to treat people like that, really. Uh you know, not to feel sorry for yourself, which is the easiest thing in the world, really. And, you know, we all go through tribulations and problems, and we are treated unfairly, but, uh, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't help you. And, you know, when it comes to dealing with other people who, who may have treated you very unfairly or, um, you know, spitefully or hurt you in some way, I think we always have to realize that these people are acting out of weakness. And it's very difficult to see that because we always, when we uh, think about it, we, in a sense, we always envision them as powerful. That person mm-hmm. hurt me. That person did this to me as if they're the powerful person. But, but generally speaking, people who hurt other people aren't acting out of strength or really never. They're acting out of weakness, you know, their fears their own childhood trauma that they never resolved. And um, you have to kind of recognize that that's what they're acting out of weakness. First of all, to get your strength back, uh, but also to, you know, not be dwelling on it all the time, not being fixated with these other people, but being able to focus on your life again. Is they're acting out of pain and sorrow and weakness? Why would you want to wish them more harm? Forget about them and move on with your life. You two things come to mind there. Uh, I, I really like how telling the expression of hurt people hurt people. Yeah, that's right. That it, it's very real. It, it, people that are, <laughs> I have chatty cats here too. That's, yeah, it's not a problem. Treats. <laughs> if we could, if we had a cat translator, who knows if he's, uh, that cat is probably telling you some some tips that work for for him <laughs> um, assistance is his tip there you go yeah. <laughs> but there's the, that hurt people hurt people going going back to that that thought the element of compassion is also something that can be triggered when that happens instead mm-hmm. of seeing 
that that person as uh, an adversary, you almost have an you give yourself ground to step back and see, oh wait, this person is this person is in pain somehow. This person is distressed yeah. for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and if you are also being a contributor to that hurt, then perhaps you can make different decisions, perhaps mm -hmm. find a way to help them not be the certain way. Yeah. Now, that sounds beautiful and all, but there are other pe there are people that are um, beyond your, you know, there's nothing that your compassion and your kindness can do to, to change them. And in that case, it is mm -hmm. important that you muster the strength to move on, you know, yeah. get past them and, and not let yeah. them be your, your master. No, that's right. And, you know, of course, in a more ex extreme, uh, you know, people can be violent and it's important not to be naive about it, which is why right. people should learn a self-defense because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't want to be in a situation with a psychopath in the, in the, you know, dark night one day. So. And trying to well, reason with them. Yeah. Cause that's not going to work. So. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. No, that's, that's, that's very good. Now, Another aspect that I wanted to to visit with you in in the chapter where you talk about develop developing a powerful self image. Yeah, yeah. You you talk about dressing in uniform. You talk about wearing your garments for a specific event for a specific task. Mm -hmm. um, I would like yeah. to speak a little bit about that because I think, uh, especially now, for example, I'm I'm donning mm -hmm. my my zoom casual what is that uh right so <laughs> uh where people are spending more time at home perhaps mm -hmm. they're not getting as many opportunities to to yeah. don their armor uh, what would you yeah. say to to those people now that being able to develop a self-image becomes more more crucial yeah, so clothing seems like it's an insignificant thing, but it's actually not. And, you know, if, if, you, if someone's used to wearing jeans and a T-shirt when they wear a really well-made suit, they feel completely different. And, um, uh, you know, just sticking with the suit very briefly, uh, if you actually take a, a suit jacket apart, it's kind of fascinating because uh, you will notice that the, the arms uh, have a slight curve to them. Uh, there's lots of layers of fabric in the chest that are all stitched. Uh, and um, actually the, the sleeve here is actually bigger than the armhole, which is where you get that roll. But um, if, you, if you analyze it, it's actually designed to fit the uh, upright standing man. And, um, and if you deviate at all from that upright standing position with your arms at your sides, then the then the suit starts to crease, and um, you know what? Why is it we use the term upright in a, in a couple of different ways? One meaning to stand upright or vertical, and the other one meaning uh, to be to be moral or circumspect. And um, notice that the you know we don't think of a person who has really bad posture or is slouching, or you get on the subway. And a person has their feet up on the chair and they're slouching with their armor. We don't think of that person as upright, really, do we? We already make a, a judgment about their character at the same time, not just their posture. And we think, I don't want to be around that kind of person. They, they seem like a shady individual, maybe slightly criminal or whatever. And, um, and so posture matters and how you present yourself matters. And of course, with the traditional suit, that is made to literally put you in that position. And we think of it as a business suit, but it should really be called a gentleman's suit because it's trying to bring out that quality. Um, and this, this may sound a little strange, but uh, if you look at uh, women's clothing, uh, they often wear a size too small or that they something like 70 or 80% of women wear the wrong size bra. Men I've noticed wear suits that are too big for them. Uh, their shoulders are out here and there's lots of room around here. And, um, you know, you can see why women try to be smaller and men try to like be bigger, right? Because men want to be like big, I'm a big man or whatever. Women, I'm, I'm a petite little lady. And, um, you know, it's, but, but we view 
we look at other people and ourselves it's almost in, in a symbolic way so i'm wearing a suit so that makes me uh, i'm now i feel like a businessman or I'm, I'm an adult now or i'm a man now because i'm wearing a suit but or with a woman well i'm wearing a red dress so i'm the i'm the sexy lady in the red dress or whatever it's like trying to make ourselves symbols and we look at other people like a symbol you know you can see this with guys who, who um they see a woman with blonde hair or something and their like eyes light up even if she's like not actually very attractive at all but they'll sort of like, it'll become like a sort of fixation uh, because the because that woman has the symbols the blonde hair the dress or whatever and their mind is already racing and they're not really looking at her they're looking at the sort of image in their own mind and um but uh, yeah certainly clothing if you understand it and aesthetics if you understand it is a way that you can uh well help to sort of mold yourself and present yourself in a certain way that's why you know when you go for an interview or you give a public speech you kind of dress a little nicer right mm -hmm. um it's not it's not just to impress other people although that's certainly in to present an image it's also to put you in a kind of state of mind as well so um and you know and that's why uh, you know you're in a different state of mind if you wear uh, you know a, a you know a martial arts gi and then you wear a suit and then you change into a jeans and a t-shirt you're in a different state of mind for all of those right or an army uniform you know it it, it kind of changes you and people might think well you know you shouldn't judge someone by their appearance but it's also a language like what are you saying with that when you put on a a martial arts gi you're saying it's time to do martial arts right so or if you put on a suit presumably it's for something like going going to work or you're having a, a meeting or you have to give a talk or whatever it is so you know i mean the, the problem is you shouldn't judge someone like that's all they are forever every minute of the day but that person is conveying a message at that moment sure I like that. And and I wanted to point out something for the people watching and listening. In most of our conversation, we have made the distinction between that external impact or influence yeah. that we have and also the internal. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's very important here when we're talking and this kind of connects a little bit with uh, part of our conversation earlier one of the ways in which we can make it easier for us to keep our word to ourselves is to perhaps let's say with the with the physical activity if if mm -hmm. i tell myself well i'm going to hop on the bike in the morning and do my exercise having my armament ready mm -hmm. yeah. in the morning for me to just hop off of bed wash my face get on my you know, don my suit for that occasion. I put myself in that mindset. And it, it may serve to some of the people listening. It's almost like you're tricking yourself. It's like, once you get dressed, let's say if you're going to go out jogging, once you lace up your shoes and you put everything, how likely are you to just say, you know what, I'm not going to do it? Yeah, that's right. Right? You're going yeah, out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> So sure. Being able to arm yourself puts you put yourself in 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 that state of mind. Yeah. So the other thing that I that I, I I like about this is again what you mentioned about putting yourself in that in that state of mind. Whenever I go out and give public speak uh, speeches, mm -hmm. or I go to visit a a lodge or visit a a company to speak to them. The way I'm already, I'm already winning by mm -hmm. the time that yeah. I'm leaving the hotel. Yeah, I'm. I'm already, I'm already delivering my my speech, and and I use a lot of visualization. Uh, one thing that people that are close to me will will attest is that I'll I'll practice some of the, my speeches in front of the mirror, and and I'll I'll do my my mannerisms and I'll, I get very, mm -hmm. I get very, very into it, but it's almost like I'm seeing myself doing it. Right. Right. And this doesn't limit itself to just speeches. Sometimes there are decisions that I have to make and mm -hmm. being able to 
have that poise and have that mm-hmm. that physical language of I am making this happen. Yeah. It yeah. just takes you to a different place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I, I encourage people to experiment with that. If 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 you haven't pop yourself in in front of the mirror, <laughs> don your best suit and give your own self a a pep talk about how you're gonna go out and and conquer like a true like a true warrior mystic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so brother, um I've been very happy to see the the attention that the book is getting. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but everything that I've read, uh, it just lines up with the things that really get me excited about Great. that journey of becoming yeah. a better man. Um, yeah. What What were some of the things that that you would say stood out the most to you that weren't not just external, you know, from you to help other people, but mm-hmm. acted more as I needed this in my life from the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly needed martial arts, to be honest. I mean, I suppose in my childhood, I was kind of contradictory and I was kind of fascinated by war movies and by war. But um, but I was also probably after that, I was more interested in art and then in sort of alternative uh youth subcultures and which was much more artistic and even sort of feminine in a way and then uh, you know they went i went to art college in london um not immediately i did all kinds of uh, unpleasant jobs and then um and then and then i took up martial arts and uh you know for me it was definitely important to balance that sort of more artistic sort of soft side and um, to develop a sort of harsher uh, sort of discipline and uh, de- develop my body certainly to, to, to develop some aggression as well. And, and also to feel like, you know, if something unpleasant did happen on the street that I could probably handle myself, you know, in most circumstances. Uh, although I definitely recommend not being in those circumstances to begin with or moving away from them if you can. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that was important. Uh, I mean, the book it, the book itself is, um, you know, everything in it, I think, you know, I've applied it to myself or experienced it. So um, yeah, but that would definitely be a big one. There's a, I have a, a series of emails that I, that I send out to people who sign up to my, to my newsletter and, Mm-hmm. And something like that. And there's one message that that I inevitably send to pretty much anybody who gets in contact with me. And it's talking about the the proverbial mute button. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have right. a chapter uh, yeah. called Technological Noise and Inner Silence. Yeah, that's right. Especially today where the majority of the day we're looking at a screen, mm-hmm. we are listening to beeps from our phone, we're mm-hmm. getting a vibration on our wrist from our, yeah. from our watch. Um, what would you say is the impact, positive or negative, that these things are having and how can we deal with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, there are certainly some positives, right? So one positive is remote work has become much more feasible. We can speak with people all across the globe, which would have been impossible 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have almost unlimited knowledge at our fingertips, including, you know, all of the classical books of philosophy from, you know, a couple of thousand years ago. So, you know, that's all great if you can use it as a tool and use it wisely. Uh, The downside, of course, is uh, the majority of people are spending, or at least a great deal of, uh, a great number of people are spending it online, reinforcing their prejudices, whether they're on the left or the right, uh, becoming more and more hysterical and irrational, and uh, spending all their time hating on people that they know nothing about. So, and, and it's just, you know, as much as it's not very good for society, it's also horrible for them because they're yeah. just draining their energy. It's not, I mean, can you do anything after that if you spend two hours shouting at people on social media? Can you really do anything productive after that? Can you really have 
you know, healthy relationships with other people? And uh, probably not, you know, and even in the physical world, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I've known people who are perfectly normal and then they will get themselves onto the subject of politics and they, they look crazy and they sound crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they suddenly start thinking about 50% of the population as, you know, as, as maniacs who are mm-hmm. driven by hatred. And it's like, well, there seems to be plenty <laughs> of hatred here for sure. But, uh, you know, it's just this, this, this demonizing of people is horrendous and it and it you know it doesn't just cause problems as they say in society it causes the, the people that are thinking like this and acting like that causes them problems uh, you know noticeably over the last 40 years uh, creativity has been in measurable decline uh, there's a test called the torrance test that measures creativity in children and over the last four decades it's gone down in america uh, each decade incidentally and um you know and that's a big deal because uh, it's actually supposed to be a much better predictor than iq of someone uh, whether they will become a doctor lawyer engineer author um, artist whatever it may be in other words problem solvers and people who create culture which are really what you need if you want your civilization to continue and uh, so it's definitely uh, much worse than we might imagine that creativity is in decline and has been for decades but you don't really need a, a test to see that that's the case you know just um, you know not to be uh, you know picking on young people because I'm you know, obviously there are creative young people that, that goes without saying, uh, but, um, but, you know, um, the, the, the difference, the biggest difference is, you know, 30 years ago, uh, all the way back before that, um, for as long as there was a conception of teenagers, you know, which is only really the 20th century, but, um, you know, teenagers and 20 somethings created new cultures, whether it was you know, rockabilly or, psychobilly or punk or goth or mod or hip-hop whatever it was and uh, you know you think of hip-hop uh, they created you know they would make uh, you know dance floors on the street out of cardboard boxes uh, they made a new music new type of dance and graffiti a new type of art all with no money at all and um you know but but Today, it couldn't really happen because everybody of that age is going to be on social media, taking selfies, you know, worrying what the world will think about them. So, so, you know, clearly creativity is in decline. But what would that mean when they're, you know, 30, 40, 50? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I don't think it's good. It's not looking good. And, you know, recently I was having a I, I was having a, a, an epiphany where I wanted to build something. I build things out of wood mm-hmm. and it's, it's something I do for myself and I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. I, yeah, um, I love it anyway, but I wanted to do something. I wanted to build. It, it was not something too difficult. It was just something that was going to require a few hours of my time. And I found myself procrastinating and I kept on saying, do I buy one or do I make it? Mm-hmm. And I kept on saying, no, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll browse online and see if I can find one. Mm-hmm. I could have easily, I could have built it. It, it was, it was no problem. But the, the point is that I got to a moment where I, I, I realized how much time I've spent thinking about making it, thinking about yeah. buying it. And, and, and honestly, like spending time on Instagram or mm-hmm. TikTok or whatever distracting thing. I said, yeah. if I spent that amount of time just building the damn thing, <laughs> I would have been done by now. Right. I would have had yeah. two of them, maybe give one <laughs> as a gift, right? And and I when, I when I realized, it was almost as if I was able to step back and look at myself about how ridiculous I was being with the whole, with the whole thing. And I thought... I, I made a commitment at that moment. I said, whatever it is that I want to make, whatever I want to build, I need to look at it and say, I would not have thought about it as much to spend an hour just browsing to Twitter, uh, Twitter and, yeah. uh, and Instagram. If I spend that hour just creating 
or fixing or cleaning or building or or crafting whatever it is mm -hmm. it's time better spent yeah so, for sure so if for anyone listening to this i hope that you can identify with that moment of trepidation and 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 having that paralysis of not making a decision if you're spending more than 20 minutes on youtube twitter tiktok or whatever just remember this 20 minutes spent crafting a a stool or putting a couple of brush strokes on your canvas it's way better than losing yourself in in a rabbit hole of 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 cyber <laughs> paralysis or whatever you want to call it uh angel thank you so very much for the time you've spent with me and and for you know sharing some of your your wisdom with with the people of the gentleman's brotherhood i i want to encourage everyone to check it out um you can find this on amazon or wherever you're you get your books it's called the path of the warrior mystic and this is being a man in an age of chaos very very interesting very important uh material for today so i encourage everyone to to check it out um angel is in in basically all the is connected with me and all the social media so if you have any questions any comments about the content or the book feel free to go ahead and, and connect that way and angel uh i'm gonna put links to to your website and and to the book in the in the show notes for anyone who wants it um before we say goodbye anything else you want to you want to share with the gentleman's brotherhood uh no just keep persisting awesome thank you we'll, we'll we're committed to doing it and we thank you for being a part of it yeah oh you're welcome thank you thank you so to all of you thank you so much for spending this time with us and and, and keep on working on yourself is the the best time uh the best thing you can do with with your time continue to work to become a better man today see you soon Thank you.